heartbreakers. You know, life life is full of contradictions. <laughs> yeah, I was never really a, a heartbreaker. I was like the ghosted all the time because I was like a thirsty, eager to please little slut. So it wasn't a good look on me. I should have been like more of an ice queen back in my 20s. I think I like was so like treated so badly by so many boys that like I was just like I don't have a I don't feel anything I'll never feel anything again so I'm gonna treat everyone the way that I've been treated so I just like kept everyone at a distance and was like okay well I don't really feel like talking to you anymore and I would rather reject you before you reject me so even Caesar I told him I would Did you? never date him and we would only have sex and then I was like well I kind of like you let's That's, keep hanging out he yeah. wore you down so, uh, were you, like, coming of age in the time of internet dating, or did you not really do that? No, I never, uh, I mean, the way that people internet dated when I was actively, like, seeking partners was, Chat like, room. MySpace. Yeah, people were like, hit me up yeah. on Facebook, send me a Facebook message, or, like, send me a BBM, like, on your BlackBerry Messenger. Oh my god, Wild. I never had one. Um... If someone Facebook messages me, I'm going to unfriend them. So don't do that. <laughs> I don't have a Facebook. And I tried to get back into my Facebook because I have photos on there that I don't have any other place. And I wanted to see them. And I couldn't get back in because I got hacked. And then they, like, deactivated my account, basically. So sad. They're probably... Yeah, you're, they're gone. It's okay. It's a it's a new era in your life. Yeah. Oh, so this is the spooky succubus <laughs> oh. cast. I'm a- <laughs> hello. I'm Abby here with Rebecca, and we are an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, intersexual feminist podcast about horror movies. And this week we disagree. I can't believe we disagree. I mean, I could see your points. We'll get into it, I guess. But um, I just. I like, Not about the quality of this movie, which is a banger. Bad. But about <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, but so good. It's a banger. Uh, uh, but about, you know, what we're taking away from it. So I'm excited to have opposing viewpoints. And, uh, you know, hopefully the people, you know, get something out of this. Because right. they're both completely asinine points that mean nothing mean to Mean nothing, <laughs> yeah. I think the last time we disagreed like this was American Psycho. And we all know how that turned out. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. It turned out <laughs> nothing We're good. <laughs> nothing to worry about. Sorry, that was a sip break. That was, that was a sip break. Okay, so I'm reading the plot of... The Faculty. The Faculty, directed by Robert Rodriguez, who is... I got some a stuff problem, to say, but also but yeah, you gotta love him. You gotta <laughs> yeah, love it's him. hard. I yeah, like from *Dust Till Dawn*. If Quentin Tarantino wasn't in it, I think it would probably be one of my favorite movies. *Planet Terror*. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't want to look at Quentin Tarantino's never. fucking face anymore. <sighs> go away. Go away. Just never go away and never come back. Please. No one invited you here. A white guys did, but this isn't like. Like, women's bodies are not a playground for your weird ego, except they kind of are, You turn them into them, like your own little puppets. Poor, poor babes. Yeah, seriously. Uma Thurman, are you okay? So, no. You know what probably happened to her on those sets? She's probably fucking traumatized. God. 
Margot but Robbie? In my heart, Are you Robert... okay? No. Oh, my God. Uh, in my heart, Robert Rodriguez is a fair, equitable director uh, who treats his talent fairly. But I guess we'll – I don't know. Do you know anything to the contrary? I did, I am flying blind, kind of, because I just don't have my life together, generally. Um, I – And I have a tension headache. Abby's got a tension headache. I'm tense. I'm too busy I'm staring at Joshua Hartnett. I – like, I, there's a lot of things that I really like about Robert Rodriguez. Like, he's a Mexican-American director who's, mm-hmm. like, a name. He's a name in horror that's basically unheard of, that a brown man gets any sort of time or space to exist. But then he's, like, using that time to sort of prop up, like, I don't know, white supremacist ideals. We'll get into it. But, like, don't bring up Once Upon like... a Time in Mexico with me because there is brown face all over that set. I actually haven't seen it, but it doesn't sound like a good situation. And I also feel like hitching your wagon to the Quentin Tarantino train, mistake, okay? You can stand on your own and you didn't need Grindhouse. I mean, he did make Planet Terror, which is like basically a perfect movie, but uh, like it was, he kind of helped his career probably because everyone is just like slathering, frothing at the mouth for Quentin Tarantino for some reason. So like he was like, well, Okay, I guess I want to make... I guess I can overlook a little bit of sexual violence (laughs) to get more famous. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. I don't know. Whatever. All right, I am so ready for this plot. I took careful, thoughtful notes, and I'm probably not going to be able to read them because my brain is essentially oatmeal right now, Um, and that's where we're at. That's okay. I'll interject and interrupt um with unnecessary things yeah (laughs) to say nothing oh but first we have to (laughs) we have to give the people what they want uh do you have this on dvd yes i do have it on dvd (laughs) but i watched it on pluto because uh caesar was using the television so and dvds only work in one place that's why they're they don't aren't useful anymore but yes this movie like basically made at some point i do feel like which is a person that needs therapy. <laughs> it's true. At some point, what? <laughs> uh, I said what I said. It wasn't nice. I'm sorry. Um, I think that I'm going to have to like decide what happens to my DVDs at some point. And I'm not really like emotionally ready to have that conversation. I think like framing them is probably something like that I've thought about before. It's just like, because they come with like, most of them, except for Jeepers Creepers, comes with like a fun, like little image on the. So if you like put them, frame them nicely. Oh, it does could be Jeepers cute. Creepers just have like the stitching on the front or whatever? You remember or when they like, like used to do the? I mean, I guess I could use like the jacket as well, but they on D- some DVDs like the physical DVD itself has like an image on it, but on Jeepers Creepers it just has like a little like black line that says Jeepers Creepers disc one disc oh. two. You know, nothing fun. Okay, hold on. Why are there two discs? One is for the special features. <laughs> and the okay, commentary track. <laughs> I don't know. This unnecessary you bullshit. Jeepers, have you watched Jeepers Creepers with the commentary on? Just tell me right now. Yes, I have. Yeah, I feel like that we talked so about stupid. <laughs> yeah, we no, actually, did. I don't know. I don't know if it has a commentary. It might not. I don't remember the last time I watched this. I think that 
people that watch movies with the commentary on, like, I don't want to know you because you're crazy. Too late. Like, you know me. I'm going to say I've watched Clerks with the commentary on probably as much as I've watched it with the commentary off. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Think, it's bad. I, like, that is see the toxic traits crazy. in myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, I wouldn't want to, like, come up against you in a dark alley because you have some kind of, like, deep dark resilience in you to be watching clerks with the commentary on that many times yeah like there's no person who should listen to kevin smith talk as much as i've listened to him talk but i mean too late we're here i listened to him talk at like i guess he was giving a speech at some uh university about how he has like an unpublished project with prince have you heard of this (laughs) i'll send you the video it's really funny but I mean, Kevin Smith is super homophobic and um, uh-huh. racist and in this speech. Sexist but the and concept, everything he always is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the concept of a, like, unnamed Kevin Smith slash Prince project is really funny. Um, I do love Prince. And, so. I mean, what's Who doesn't, yeah. Or the artist formerly known as. Like, who, who has the, like cultural prowess just be like i'm formally known as this and y'all can you're gonna call me that and everyone's gonna call me that and without question did, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think that if you don't like prince unsubscribe just kidding we need you <laughs> we need you. you stick around but like why like what songs don't like really hit you right in the heart Right in the heart, honestly. Makes you cry, makes you happy, makes Makes you you laugh. Yeah. You know, it's all there. And uh, I mean, I think Prince was pretty unproblematic, but don't quote me on that. You'll never know. He was on New Girl. He like liked the show and then went on it and was on an episode. Like a really bizarre episode, but. um, I remember it. I think that. New Girl is sort of grading. I like it, but it's like, I don't know. How much of the journey can you really go on before you're like, I am exhausted? It's really not that good or that funny of a show, but I am like violently attracted to Jake Johnson and his crooked nose. Yeah, I mean, obviously. 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 Yeah, like, yeah. Even Max Greenfield Sometimes, like, kind of does yeah. it for me. If, yeah. his, if like his checks, chest wasn't like super waxed, I'd be like, meh. It's very groomed yeah Yeah. um he's so pale which isn't his fault i just feel like i'm sorry this is i don't think it's zoe deschanel's fault what happened to her but this like quirky art school manic pixie dream girl archetype that she now lives in the like ecosystem of really just bums me out and makes me feel bad inside yeah yeah the manic pixie dream girl 500 days of summer it's not her fault like this was done to her it's like she had bangs and then it just got out of control. And they were like, you know? she's hot, but like in a quirky way. So like, now let's pigeonhole her. And I'm yeah, she's a very talented singer and actor, but you'll never get past the her. She's a quirky. She's a quirky girl, you know, poor thing. Quirky art girl. Yeah. Also, now I'm pretty sure she's married to a property brother, so I have to, like, strike her from my uh, cultural consciousness. I didn't know that. that's so nasty. No <laughs> way. Weird. Uh, should we talk about this movie? I suppose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have we been talking about so far? I don't even know. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
Okay, so we open on a football field during practice where the coach, Coach Willis, is verbally abusing the players, um, particularly the captain and star quarterback, a kid named Stan. Afterward, Coach Willis is approached by a mysterious figure from behind, and you'll see what happens. And dun dun dun. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. So we cut to Principal Valerie Drake discussing the lean budget of this high school with the teachers. Um, afterwards, Drake forgets her keys and has to turn back where she encounters Coach Willis. Uh, he sexually harasses her and stabs her through the hand with a pencil. She scratches him and runs away, but he pursues her and she drops her keys. Um, Mrs. Olson, who is the wacky drama teacher played by Piper Laurie from Twin Peaks fame. She's like the quiet, Chef's timid, kiss. like homely. I don't know how to like explain this, but her face is like fuzzy. You know it has I mean? like a. I think it's like the like the foundation that we had in the nineties. I was like not like a fuzzy in a in a hairy way but it's like her her features and the way that like she's always made up makes her like a little like blurred out like she has sort of like an ethereal face quality even without like love her the like two little ringlets of like red hair and the and she always has crazy blush on blush to the nines yeah piper laurie like invented blush you guys she did (laughs) So she returns but doesn't have her keys, so Miss um, Drake has to double back to the office. She manages to get out, but as soon as she's on the other side of the door where Miss Olsen is, Mrs. Olsen stabs her to death uh, pretty emotionlessly. I also like everyone in this movie is like a is like a staple of the time. Like Robert Patrick, who who plays Coach Willis, was in T2 and like is basically kind of playing the same character, but he's not a robot. He is fully terrifying. He's very terrifying. Uh, and then Principal Valerie Drake, who is just like... B.B. Newarth is the queen of my I world and I will take no criticism <laughs> and she looks better with bangs than anyone else on in the planet. The, with that like like very principal look she's like doing it up i know and nobody wears a red lip like bb newers like perfection she did it in jumanji she did it in how to lose a guy in 10 days she and a beret god who else can pull off a beret like her don't try don't do it just trust us yeah So the next day, students are milling around as sexy bad boy Zeke, played by Josh Hartnett, (sighs) uh, school newspaper photographer, long-suffering school newspaper photographer Casey Connor, played by Elijah Wood, and gothic Grease queen Stokely Mitchell, uh, played by Clea Duvall, arrive at campus. Um, Stokely runs into Stan Rosado, who you'll recall is the captain of the football team, played by nondescript 90s man sean uh, he's had on his way had a see. who's like yeah he's just that guy with he's that guy with the face you see him everywhere he, he's know? not as you know as like loved as josh hartnett but like he's got his own place he's cute i have a weakness for men with perms you know his hair is so <laughs> curly like it's like a I don't know. He's got like a boy meets world like haircut and it's it's wild times. I feel bad for Ben Savage, but like sorry about ew, sorry about right? you. Like, you weren't 
You're n- sorry. Sorry about your whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're no rider strong. I'll tell you that. But uh, Casey's also getting his nuts smashed and genitals in general, just like violently abused, physically abused by his classmates with seemingly no consequences. Like he would have had to have been hospitalized, the force at which he's being rammed genitals first into a flagpole. Someone check his prostate. Honestly, he's not okay. Boy, he's not well. So uh, Stan goes to see his girlfriend, head cheerleader slash editor-in-chief of the newspaper, Delilah Prophet. Clever name, clever. Um, (laughs) Who's dismissive and coded as bitchy. Uh, New student Mary Beth, played by quintessential 90s blonde girl who you see around, but I forget her name is having her first day and heads to the office. Meanwhile, Casey is being physically abused by other students while Zeke sells fake IDs and scat, which is a kind of like meth-like drug that he puts into ballpoint pen containers and he sells them in the bathroom. And it's guaranteed. Also present is um, Dan- is it Daniel Masterson. Danny Masterson, yeah, who is... Danny Masterson, who unfortunately is stricken from our cultural consciousness as well, but who I had, like, a serious crush on. But Uh I really wish... Well, I didn't know he was a sex offender when I was, like, 13 and watching that 70s show. No, yeah, Hyde was... Yeah. Hyde was hot. Hyde was hot. It's hard. It's terrible. But, yeah, he's he's a bad, bad person. Was Hyde just hot because he was mean and wore, like, torn jeans? I think so, yeah. He was just Are mean. We okay? No, yeah, he was just like mean. And I was like, mm-hmm. In the faculty lounge, uh, the faculty are in various stages of disarray and despair. Uh, but Miss Mrs. Olson has come in with like a glow up. She's got like a silk scarf. Her hair is down and she's wearing more blush. And she doesn't have um, glasses on because, you know, that's the thing. She's hot now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, timid teacher Elizabeth Burke played by Fomke Johnson of X-Men fame, Mm -hmm. is afraid of her students, uh, and she's teaching English. But bad boy Zeke surprises her with a thoughtful answer about Robinson Crusoe, and there's some sexual tension, which I am uncomfortable with. Because, well, I think the idea is that Josh Hartnett, a.k.a. Zeke, is... Like, repeating his senior year, so he's, 18. like, 18 or 19. But I'm like, that's still an imbalance of power. That's pretty gross. Uh, yeah. And then he's also, like, making out with Mary Beth, who is, like, in high school. So, like, you can't be like, well, he's 18, so he can make out with anybody. No. Yeah. You don't get to be, like, in this, like, liminal space where you can just fuck everybody because you're 19. No. Zeke. <laughs> Chill. Uh... <laughs> Elsewhere, Stan is telling Delilah that he wants to quit football, and she's like, you're stupid. Um, Mr. Tate is the history teacher. He's getting wasted. I can personally attest to having a history teacher that was openly drunk every day of the year, so this really resonated with me. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, he's like so sad. Like, a very sad character. If you think back to your teachers in high school, I mean, they're they're sad. Like, they're sad people. Not all of them were sad. They're not getting paid enough yeah. to deal with your bullshit. That's and true. you're the worst when you're 17, right? God, yeah. Mara, Caesar's niece, is. Uh, she just graduated eighth grade yesterday. 
and oh, she's no. like very 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 13 and uh and then so i was like looking through pictures and then i found pictures of my eighth grade graduation and i was also very 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 13 at the time and i don't want to talk about that time in my life everything everything is fucking stupid and you hate it i hated my mom so much i wanted to like hate her at all times yeah yeah you're just like you're just like irrational with hormones yeah and it's God, to be 13 again, never, 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 never. Never, it's horrible. never, 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 never. Yeah. I don't really want to even go back to my 20s. Like, I feel like people idealize youth and being, like, 18 or being, like, 22. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was such a human disaster. Like, yeah, no, I never want to go back. And I also had, like, undiagnosed clinical depression and couldn't function at all and was like super manic most of the time Mm. so no it wasn't like a cute time in my life guys and that's like I don't know yeah we put an emphasis on like being young but also growing up really quickly so yeah when you're 23 24 you like think that you know everything and you're so grown up and you're like don't know shit about shit actually embarrassing to think back on the shit I said and did when I thought I knew everything yeah and yeah like I'm in the industry so I know a lot of young people and I'm like oh god just wait until you're as jaded and sad. You're gonna think back on this moment and like feel (laughs) gross inside that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So Mary Beth tries to befriend Stokely but is interrupted by Delilah calling Stokely a quote violent lesbian end quote Casey is lonely on the bleachers. He's like I'm sipping on my juice box. Oh, no. Like, what even are, like, if you had a childhood crush on Elijah Wood, can you explain it to me? I was not. Someone? You, no, yeah. I was only looking at Joshua Hartnett in this movie, so can't I'm pretty sure my sexual awakening was three-hour absolute dumpster fire Pearl Harbor, where um, Kate Beckinsale is, like, being fought over by Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. I hate war movies, so I I think I've only seen Pearl Harbor once. It was horny, though. Was it horny? I just, I hate, I don't know, glorifying the military-industrial complex. I think I always oh, have, because I've always hated war movies. The destruction of indigenous populations? Yeah. Is that not something you're interested Horrendous. in? Horrendous, yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, so yeah, lo- lonely Casey crossing the football field like, uh, <laughs> and he finds something unusual in the grass. Just then, he's confronted by Coach Willis, but gets away without any violent acts being perpetrated against him. Meanwhile, Stokely is suspicious of Mrs. Olson because she's like hot now. Um, <laughs> In class, Mary Beth is working on wearing down Stokes, uh, who reveals that she is not, in fact, a lesbian, uh, because a lesbian in a 1998 mainstream movie? I don't think so. Poor, poor Clea Duvall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Clea Duvall is queer in real life, right? Yeah. She just made um, so that really she just bad got movie. This, like, the, the holiday movie, it's like a lesbian love story. Oh, uh, Happiest Season. Happiest yeah, season. I heard horrible things about it, so I didn't watch um, it. Um, I did watch like, it. Because I... Basically, emotional abuse being perpetrated yeah, against someone's partner. It was partner. just so sad. Yeah, it was like 
a a woman putting her girlfriend back in the closet so that she can stay in the closet and that but like forcing and, her like, be comfortable around her family yeah, right? forcing her to spend time with her family it was just like oh god but i really like um what's her name what is her name i don't remember but i like her that's the point of Aubrey my Plaza's in it, right? I love Aubrey and Plaza and God, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, I think Twilight did her dirty, but I like her. Man, really, she's a pretty good actress. Yeah, um, but I've never seen Twilight, so I I think that's like part of it. Part of, probably part I of the reason she, why I like her. But it's not like the performance of her career. She just basically is like a wet dish rag with googly eyes on it like it's not great um but it's pretty horny but it's horny <laughs> it's not horny <laughs> okay you guys i don't think i've made a lot of progress get it oh. together Just so kidding. professor furlong played by john stewart chef's kiss also I love like john stewart. john stewart playing like a sub like n- like nerdy science teacher is also can get it with a goatee yeah he's the only person that can get it with a goatee Uh, yeah i was into it he's he's looking at the little critter casey found on the field and thinks that it's a new species they put it in water uh where it reanimates and grows tentacles furlong puts his hand in to feel the surface texture and it replicates and takes a little nibble out of his finger he says he's going to call the university, which I just, they're like, the university. The University of Ohio? Ohio University? I don't know. It's Ohio. It's the Ohio State University, actually. So sorry. Pardon me. Adam's in here. Hi, Adam. Alert. What are you getting? <laughs> I'm getting my charger. His charger. How was the grocery store? It was lovely. Oh, Frankie's here, too. Hi, Frankie. Right. Here we go. <laughs> how's Yay. how's her health status she okay Ugh, it's kind of rough right now we just spent another like 300 dollars at the vet because they're putting it on a different mange medication because the first one wasn't effective enough and we have to bring her in for two more appointments uh until she gets like clean skin scrape which means no mange so that's like 100 bucks each and i'm poor now Poor baby. Dogs are so expensive. Yeah. Like, what the, fuck? what the fuck? But I mean, I've had childhood dogs. I've like had other dogs. I've never known a dog to get some kind of like thousand dollar mange problem. Right. Okay. I mean, when we first adopted Bartleby, he had like kennel cough. Like you get it from being in the pound. But like, oh, no. he never had mange. It's really annoying, um, and she's a bald baby right now. Poor baby. He just has expensive ear infections that he got from nowhere. I don't even know where it came from. I think those just kind of happen, don't they? Maybe he just has, like, allergy mucus buildup or something. I think, like, the climate change. It's been a while since he's been in the heat, so, like, this year he's, like, his mm. nose is really dry. He's got an ear infection. Anyway. Oh, you got to get him a little doggy humidifier. We got him a little rub that he like likes and hates. Aww. Uh, I don't know if we're even gonna leave that in. Are you guys interested in dog dog talk? Ailment talk. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid dogs. Okay, so Stan quits the football team officially and then goes to shower. In the showers, Mrs. Brummel, the old lady 
teacher, computer teacher or something, approaches Stan with melting, blistered skin and says, they want everyone. As Stan comforts her, a chunk of her hair and scalp come off in his hand. Uh, Later, Mrs. Olsen tells Stan and Casey that Mrs. Bremel has late stage cancer and that's why she's unwell, which cancer doesn't usually do that. Make your scalp fall off in somebody's hand. I don't know for sure, but I would be alarmed, yeah. It's more like radiation poisoning might do that, but I don't know. Yeah, this isn't Chernobyl, which was a horrifying miniseries. Horrifying. Did you watch it? Yes, yeah, and I basically cried the whole time. It's pretty upsetting. Horrible, Yeah. yeah. Miss Burke approaches Zeke in his car about selling drugs on campus, but he's rude, dismissive, and sexually harasses her. Casey and Delilah are in the faculty lounge looking for a story, but they have to hide in the closet when Olsen and Willis approach. They say Brummel didn't make it because the body was too old and the heat got to her, and almost the entire faculty has now been commuted. Just then, Nurse Harper, played by Selma Hayek, in a grossly underutilized role, uh, comes I in. I love Selma and Willis, Hayek. Like, love her. I love I her love- as, like, the chronic, chronically ill school nurse. Hilarious. And she's getting hit on by John Stewart, and she's like, fuck you. And he's like, maybe you should go home. She's like, I'll leave my sick days for when I feel better. Like, yeah. Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, Coach Willis pushes her down and gags one of the creatures into her ear. It's gross. Also sexual uh, Casey harassment. And, also sexual harassment. Casey and Delilah just then find Brummel's body in the closet and run out of the lounge. They run straight into a Principal Drake that is now also glowed up. Barely. Like, she didn't need anything done to her. She was hot enough to begin with. BB New Earth, baby. Uh, And they also run into Mr. Tate, who is looking less drunk. Uh, Casey calls the police, but Mrs. Brummel's body has disappeared and no one believes him. His parents want him to see a psychiatrist. uh, And while this is all happening, Principal Drake commutes one of the police officers. His parents played by uh, Christopher McDonald. Who's I do not like Christopher McDonald. He looks so mean. Because he looks he? mean. Because he's from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. So he's like been. He could be like the nicest man in America. And I would still be like, I don't trust you. And also from Thelma and Louise. Like he just yeah. plays a, a bad guy really well. So good for him. Good for him. All right. Uh, at home, Casey's parents are looking for drugs, but he still maintains that something strange is happening. His parents ground him, but Casey sneaks out the window only to see the faculty hanging around on the street and fall very clumsily <laughs> where he's caught by his father. But they take away his the n- porno mags. Like, boob magazine yeah. is really... I think it literally problem. was like, it's, boobs. Yeah, it says <laughs> on the boob on the front. Love it. Uh, the next day, Casey runs into into, into Delilah. She says they're after her and they need to go to the police. Uh, and then in the lounge, the faculty are very thirsty. They're staying well hydrated. In class, Stokely approaches Stan, who says he quit the team and they have like a moment. Uh, Mr. Tate has them create a family history, presumably to locate and possess all family members in the area. But Stokely and Stan flirt. For the first time. Yeah, they do like a a flirt. A little flirty time. A little flirty with it. Uh, Basically, Stan and Stokely are 
Breakfast Club, Emilio Estevez, and Ali Sheedy. It's not original. It's not, but I was also, like, kind of hot for it. Like, I wanted them to make out. I was happy when they did. Really? I feel like you can tell they don't want to make out with each other. I mean, yeah, you can tell, because Cleo Duvall is not attracted to men, but, like, they did a fine job acting. And that's the only love story that I like in this movie is like, except for I still for don't stand it because of the very end. The very end is a load of bullshit. But I feel like it's probably because I was the like borderline goth, like arty chick in high school. And I only was attracted to Jock. So I was like. Is that true about you? Yes. Yeah. Is Caesar like a jockey guy? Was he a jocker? Yeah, he's a jockey guy. Yeah, he like played baseball in high school and like Aww. is like really into sports. And like he's a jockey guy and I'm an already nerdy girl. So like. I guess Adam likes sports. He uh, was a pitcher Aww. in high school. Caesar was yeah, a pretty cute second baseman, but he can do anything. He's honestly good at everything. And it's really annoying. So. Is he fast? Yeah, he can. He runs faster than me, and I run on a regular basis. Like he's just like a. Why are you running when you could just stay inside? <laughs> I don't know. He's just like has like a lot of athletic prowess. He used to do shot put. This is like a whole. He's like a athletic person. It's annoying. Yeah. I have no athletic prowess whatsoever. <laughs> I like tried. Actually, I have a good center of gravity. I don't see. That's I'm, what I, I have don't good have. Balance. I have zero balance, but I like like to move my limbs that's it like i like swimming and i like running that's that's what uh, I, I would love to go for a swim right now oh. i'm like i last night i was googling how expensive it is to join a gym with a pool because all i want to do is get in a big body of water isn't there a pool in your uh complex yeah but there's like always people in there and they're not, and they're yeah, like enjoying awful. their swim i don't want to be like um excuse so not me i need to do my laps yeah, yeah. you could get up early i could go to sleep at five so zeke and mary beth chat and they're crushing they're crushing on each other uh stan and stokely notice students waiting in line to see nurse harper for ear exams and casey pulls stokely away and says he needs her help uh mary beth and zeke are chatting and she says her parents died in an accident and she moved to live with relatives in the area uh and then Zeke is like, oh, yeah, my parents are dead, too. I mean, like, dead inside. I was like, not Shut the same the fuck thing, up, actually. rich boy. Yeah. Like, he, like, come on. Yeah. Zeke notices students acting strange and is approached by a changed, sexy Miss Burke, who's antagonistic and, like, basically threatens him with sexual violence again. He, yeah. Kind of a, I'll shove kind of my thing. foot so far up your ass, you'll be licking my toes until graduation. Like, disgusting that's bad i wish someone had said that to me when i was in high school so i could have sued the (laughs) shit out of my shitty public school oh my god i could honestly also quote this whole movie at you if you wanted me to i believe that you can i think uh, you don't need to i will though just wait (laughs) uh stokely and casey are talking and casey's insistent that aliens have taken over the faculty uh, they realize the critter that Casey found is a parasite, but when they go back to Furlong's classroom, it's missing. Next door, Mary Beth and Zeke are canoodling in a storeroom next to where the others are chatting, and they overhear and join them. 
Furlong finds them and is acting strange. When the students try to leave, he overcomes them with alien super strength. Uh, Zeke fights him off and manages to chop his fingers off, but then the fingies like wiggle away <laughs> on their own. And then tentacles come out of the stumps, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke manages to stab him in the eye with a pen of scat, uh, and the chemicals from the drug, uh, like, make alien furlong, like, froth up and die. Which is also... So they're like, what? Fun, because when he was rejected by Salma Hayek's character earlier, he was like, just shove a pen in my eye. So good. I This script Hilarious. is so bad, but so good. Like, brings me so much I joy. I think this is maybe a perfect... 90s movie it's Um, yeah perfect 90s movie except for like i mean it has problems but it's very very of 1998 like soundtrack the fucking alice in chains cover of brick in the wall is like what 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 you need to calm down i cannot i'm afraid you're getting i'm afraid you're getting a special tingle right now (laughs) i just love this movie so much i love how much you love it thank you uh, right. The gang, the Scooby gang, sneaks out to the parking lot amid stares from the alien students. They make it to Zeke's car and peel out very ostentatiously, which seems like a bad move. Um, but they hit a police barricade. They avoid it and make it to Zeke's lab, where they investigate the parasite and purposely infect Small Mouse Oscar. May he rest in peace. Gone but not forgotten. After which they kill and dissect him. They realize the parasite can replicate, but it needs a host, and they need moisture. Uh, So he uses caffeine pills and scat, which are a diuretic, and dry the aliens out, which is why Jon Stewart got frothy. Uh, (laughs) And they realize they need to find (laughs) the leader and kill it to kill, like, the network. Also, why did he have such a complicated lab for basically crushed up caffeine pills and like Clorox? Because he had—he's Mister Science guy, you know. He's pop. He's he Phil is Mister Science guy. But like, also, he looks at this specimen for thirty seconds and is like, and he's like, I know I everything it. about this brand new species. Like, get this kid a Fulbright. I mean, what a boy genius. <laughs> They start to turn on each other uh, while a car pulls up outside spookily. They decide to all do the drug to determine whether there is an alien among them. Here's my question. Do you need to snort the drug or can you simply take a caffeine pill? There are plenty of but it's caffeine quote, pills. Caffeine pills and other household shit. So like what else is in there, you know? But the caffeine is the thing that's a diuretic. Right. So Probably could use I'm not like buying chugs it. and coffee. Yes, yeah, right. Their all of their reactions to doing this drug are also very nineties. It was like we're still feeling the Reagan era war on drugs because at one point Stan's like, "No way, man! I don't do drugs." Like, what? You're a football player. I'm not Chill putting out. that hack drug up my yeah. nose. Yeah, like, come on. Chill. Everybody's done like a whip it or two, you know, with a whipped cream can, like. You're fine. Everybody chill, yeah. So they start to turn on each other, uh, and they... Oh, right, I said that. And they're going to do the drug. Casey goes first and starts tweaking, which I was like, nobody would act that way. He's like... <laughs> the way... <laughs> I was like, that's a little bit of caffeine. Like, he's not... <laughs> oh, my God. He's not, a, like, a full-on tweaker. Uh, and then Stan... 
escalates to grabbing a gun that's just lying around he's because toxic. he's like he's like I don't know what's going on <laughs> and, and then Zeke's like nothing's wrong asshole he's tweaking let him fucking tweak like I was really attracted to Zeke in that moment but that's I don't think that Neither Elijah Wood has ingested a drug in his time <laughs> uh they then force the girls to take it against their will, including Mary Beth, who has severe allergies. Uh, Delilah is revealed to be infect- infected and destroys the lab and escapes. Uh, most of Zeke's supply is now destroyed, but they have enough to kill the queen, so they head to the football game. <laughs> On the field, Gabe, played by Usher, uh, in a very underutilized character. They don't really give any people of color any room to, like, do anything uh, in this movie. This uh, this movie did Usher so bad. Like, so dirty. So dirty. Like, where is Usher the DJ, <laughs> the high school DJ from She's All That? <laughs> Usher got a lot of, like random roles in the 90s but was billed like with the top cast but was he paid as much as the top cast because he was the biggest name in this movie and he's all over the the promo shots yeah but he gets i don't know maybe six lines total he has no character he's just like the football guy what do you mean he's a football player that's an identity and he only gets to be the captain when stan steps down like that's fucked up yeah, I am really grossed out by Usher's treatment. I mean, why couldn't Zeke just be played by Usher? Right. Come on. Why couldn't any of anyone be anything other than like just a white person? You know. Seriously. And at one well, point, well, Jordana Brewster is pretty tan. So she, at one point, like during the scene, she's like, "I'm Portuguese." Like that's as far as we get. She's a Portuguese. Still white. Yeah, she's white. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but she's like, that's why I'm so brown, in case you were wondering. I don't don't know. Yeah, like, I'm a a brown white person. I'm allowed to be here. Yeah, exactly. All righty, gang. So on the field, Gabe's infecting opposing team members with the parasite, and they're, like, very aggressively, like, kind of, like, manslaughtering these people like i'm like are they okay also (laughs) gabe is the quarterback like why is he clotheslining other member members of the opposite team i don't don't have a lot of football knowledge wouldn't have caught that but you make a good point as you're not a linebacker yeah as a wife of a sporty guy as we've already established i've watched a lot of football games and the quarterback does zero clotheslining I sent Adam out of the house to watch his foosball <laughs> with his friends. I like going to football games because uh, there's beer. There's usually nachos. With... Don't you have to, like, stand up the whole time, though? No, I usually just stay seating when everyone stands. But I love people watching. There's a lot of people watching happening. I'm like, aren't those really cheerleaders watch... freezing cold? Because they're wearing basically no clothing. They probably have, like, some kind of special, like, sheer text tights. But no, I don't really want to watch young men of color get brain damage at the expense of, like, a minstrel show invented by generational white wealth. Yeah. So, sorry. I mean, the NFL is a particularly horrific organization that, like, has perpetrated a lot of humanitarian. Of racism. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know what's so funny about Boston? We are so racist here. People are so racist here until it becomes time to, like, go root for Big Poppy at Fenway. And then it's like, okay, so you like that brown person, but the brown person that lives in your neighborhood, bad. bad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boston Bad. is very like Boston has like an insidious racism where it's like we're liberal, we're blue, like it's under blue. this like veneer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very um, under the covers. No, this is a racist place for sure yeah i mean not i for live sure. in a racist place too but um everyone's just more upfront about it because their truck is i totally think you're right though it's pretty scary it is super sinister here because people there's a lot of like white women's tears and like well-meaning mm-hmm. like jamaica plain <laughs> middle-aged white women that are like in this house we believe black lives matter science is real like those people you yeah. know and you're like what are you doing? What do you do? Where do you live right now? Are you able to admit that you're a gentrifier? Like, and come to terms with that? Right. No. No. But that, like, yeah, Boston has a lot of problems because it's a lot of, like, liberal white people who, like, think they're part of the good, but really you're just as bad as everybody else. So. Yeah, exactly. I just want to say that Ariel, my sister-in-law, just texted me and said, you're a hot ticket. And I feel really encouraged <laughs> by that. That's so cute. I have no texts because I'm talking to my only friend. Just kidding. Oh, I love all of my other friends who are listening. So you know but... that TikTok I sent you? It was basically a TikTok that just said, send this to your best friend. And then it was just a guy running across a field, climbing a ladder. And then he just says into the camera, which is at the top of the ladder, you're a bitch. <laughs> I like every time I open TikTok, it just sent me to my regular TikTok. I was like, I need to see this video in particular. Why are you sending it to me? I think it it's better me? that I explain it to you. I, I agree, but you got to send it to me on TikTok. I always forget I can do that because I'm like the TikTok curator for most of my friends uh, and people that never ask me to do it, where I just like send them individual videos even though they don't have the app which is smart because the app is taking over my life but uh you know basically the only tiktoks i see are the ones that maya sends me because like i won't go on that i won't go on tiktok for like two weeks and then i'll go on and she has sent me like 12 videos and like ah, ha, 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 oh, I love this. yeah so thank you to her thanks maya uh, so where are we doing? Oh, uh, they, so, uh, 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 the Scooby gang sees Drake and Olsen together, so they sneak into the gym. Uh, Principal Drake follows and they tackle her. Stan is doing his new favorite activity, which is holding gun to head. <laughs> gun head. She's also wrapped uh, in a volleyball net, which I love <laughs> they like tackle her and wrap her in a volleyball net and then casey's like sniff it and she's like no i mean like i'm not gonna do that i will so, not <laughs> <laughs> casey hesitates and then z comes in from behind and shoots her uh because stan just likes to hold the gun but he can't use it uh so they are like what happened did we make a mistake but then she reanimates uh after getting a gunshot wound to the head and mary beth throws the dust in her face which melts her all of the dust so thinking like not just like a pen's worth she like dumps it she really goes for it yeah is it possible mary beth has an agenda bum 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 hold on i'm gonna reach over and turn another light on okay Much I kind of need another beer, and I kind of have to peep it. I'll wait. It's okay. Go. No. We're right in the middle of it. Uh, oh. 
So they go to find out if it worked and if Drake is indeed the queen, but the game has been rained out. Uh, Stan goes to check it out, but he realizes that the coach is on the field in like full alien mode. Uh, and then <laughs> it's like tendrils. He, are like, hey. Yeah. So Stan returns to the school where the others are and they ask Stan to take their drug, but he dumps it away and then tries to convince Stokely to turn. So uh, Zeke sad. realizes very sad. Also, he has Zeke more is scat. very sad, which we'll get to my theories Ze- later. Zeke? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a sad boy. Yeah, he's like a hot boy, sad boy, bad boy, hot boy, sad boy. Yeah, the best kind, uh, <laughs> the most toxic kind for sure. <laughs> so Zeke realizes he has more scat in his trunk, so he and Casey venture out where the football team is like patrolling the parking lot. Casey acts as a decoy so Zeke can get to his trunk, hiding in a school bus. In the bus, he's cornered by alien Delilah, and he has to escape through the roof hatch. Back at Zeke's car, Miss Burke approaches him and sexually harasses him. Uh, There's a lot of sexual harassment, if I haven't been clear. He gets in his car and drives away, but she manages to bust through the passenger side window and is sort of, like, hanging out. And putting her alien tongue in his ear. She's like, it's long, you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They circle the parking lot until he intentionally crashes into a bus, decapitating Miss Burke. Uh, He gets out, manages to save the scat, and runs away as he sees her trying to reattach her head, which is walking around on its very own tentacles, which is really funny. Mm -hmm. In the gym, Mary Beth herself is revealed to be the queen. Casey and Stokely run away from her, but she chases them and gets Stokely uh, when she's like swimming in a pool, which is kind of fun. Uh, Stokely gets away and she and Casey run to the locker room back in Mary Beth form the queen is naked and rises from the pool and follows them Zeke returns to an infected Stokely and a naked queen Mary Beth she says she escaped her world because it was drying up and she came here to create an egalitarian society basically Casey manages to stab her with the scat and is infected momentarily as she dies, but he reverts back when she starts to turn into dust. Uh, Casey finds Stokely and Zeke, and they're back to normal, and it's over. And then this part of the movie, which I don't even consider part of the movie, happens. The Chiron reads one month later, and a voiceover of, like, a news crew is heard saying there's an ongoing criminal investigation into the disappearance of several faculty members. Uh, Zeke is on the football team and boinking Miss Burke. Because um, they have a gross. disgusting wave at each other. She's sitting it's on very, the bleachers very watching. creepy. So creepy. Stokely has turned into a normie so she can date Stan. So she's <gasps> full on wearing, like, a purple she's cardigan. She's wearing a purple and like, dress, yeah. What happened to my goth queen? Like, ew. And Delilah has now deigned to smooch Casey because he has proven himself to be a hero. And Gross. that's where the movie ends. Disgusting. Yeah, it is lame. Lame as fuck. I love this movie, but I absolutely, absolutely fucking can't stand the ending. I hate it. I've always it's hated so it. Bad. It's bad. It's a bad, bad, bad ending. Like, like why did they turn stokely into a normie because stan was attracted to her when she was just acting like herself and i just want to be clear that wearing black doesn't equate to depression like it's not like she was like i'm hiding something because i wear black eyeliner like 
or like I'm not happy. You yeah, know? this whole movie is like at the end, like at the end, Casey goes through and is like, you know, redeemed, and he gets to be himself, his own nerdy self. He saves the day because he's a nerd, right? Like that's fine. Also, incel vibes, but also like, yeah, for sure. When Mary Beth is telling him like, you'll be better off if you let me turn you he's like i don't want to be just happy like i want to be sad i want to be like i want to be who i am and then at the end they're like multitudes wait stokely was never happy as her little goth self she wanted to be just like everyone else which is so fucked up like especially someone who really identified with stokely as like an angry only wore black high schooler i like that was such bullshit and Stan was attracted to her when she was goth. Like, it was no... Yeah. They wanted to fuck each other from the beginning, from the onset. And he and Delilah, Delilah only dated because of these, like, false patriarchal views of, like, what, ma- like, male and female relationships should, like, like, hyper-masculine and hyper-feminine. But they hated each other. And he and Stokely were always bumping into each other. And they, like, related to each other and wanted to fuck from the beginning. So it's bullshit. I hate it. It is bullshit. Uh, I think this movie relies a lot on gender performance Mm -hmm. in general in a way that's like, why? Uh, So when the, like, female teachers become commuted by the aliens, they become, like, (laughs) hypersexualized. Like, and the men become, like, hyperviolent. So it's like, huh? I mean, I guess, like, if we're assessing it as a criticism of, like, um, you know, like gender roles and an advocacy piece for gender neutrality. That's cool. But I think it's just that like Robert Rodriguez is really into like horny women wearing red. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's really saying anything, but it is like stylizing these gender roles for the sake of like hyperbolic you know, storytelling, but without any real, like, follow-through, you know? I think, like, if this ending didn't exist, then we could see it as, like, a, a criticism of the patriarchy because, like, the men are turned into, like, men and the women are turned into, like, women who are women. sexy. Yeah, and that, like, the the parasite turns the women into only sexual objects like, that are used well, against... Also- you know what? I interrupted you. That's not That's what we're okay. here to do. <laughs> what? Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, like, the concept that women as sexual beings are angry, violent, and wear red, like, or wear, like, you know, quote-unquote sluttier clothes specifically is such a, like, degradation of human sexuality in general. Like, it's more complicated than just, like, you are sexual or you are, like not presenting as, like, very sexually attuned. You know what I mean? Like, why was this the hill we're going to die on? Tell me. Well, that's, so that's, like, what I, so this alien comes, and she's Mary Beth, who's, like, a hot, blonde, young, like, teenager-looking person. And then she turns all of the women that she turns into, like, just like her, right? Like, hypersexual, attractive women and who are meant to seduce men but like if we see it as stokely taking control of her own sexuality when she goes and like makes out with stan before he goes to sacrifice himself to see if everyone's been like if their little ruse worked 
but like then it goes back on is like oh no wait stokely does want to just be like a hyper femme just like everybody else she doesn't have any of her own agency that's shit and the women who are turned like mrs burke like delilah are used to turn the men like delilah goes and tries to seduce casey when he's running from the football team and she's like you can be with me we can be together yeah right and mrs burke is using her alien tongue to like try to get into zeke's ear it's and then those couples end up being together like that's gross it's so weird uh, yeah, Delilah's really problematic, too, because she's coded as mean. But I'm like, oh, I think she's actually just, like, self-possessed yeah. and driven and assertive. Maybe she's, like, not super nice to Stan. But if you just pull back, like, 10%, I think she's a really relatable character. But we're supposed to, like, hate her. Like, she's coded so that we dislike her. And then she's softened by this experience and by, like, Casey's attention right like yeah. it's like ew also yeah. yeah that's where the incel I get the incel vibes from is like Delilah is not attracted to Casey she's and that's really why I wish there was like a a Delilah Stokely love relationship that, that makes way it more makes sense, way actually. more sense because Delilah is constantly picking on going out of her way to pick on Stokely and like tell the whole world that she's a lesbian and hates her but wants to be around her all the time and then she's only dating Stan because it looks good like she doesn't actually like him and she clearly doesn't like Casey and like recognizes that Casey's attracted to her realizes it but doesn't reciprocate any of those feelings so like but then they're like at the end they're like oh she's still she's still only putting up like appearances because she's dating Casey only because Who's like of his fame like because she's a hot uh, girl. yeah that's not fair I don't know which kiss was grosser to watch Stan and Stokely or Casey and Delilah I kind of like I hated Stanley. them both Stan and Stokely's that's my Stan Stanley is their their couple couple name, name. uh yeah. I also think that obviously this movie is really homophobic because it doesn't have any queer characters uh, and Stokely's queerness is like weaponized as a defense mechanism and a joke and she ends up a super femme like normie with a football player boyfriend at the end anyway and I think this movie could really have benefited from a queer character or two or yeah Stokely and Delilah or all of them because also, Stan and Zeke have this, like, this competition sort of going between, like, the hot one hot guy versus another hot guy. They're, like, competing to who's going to be the leader, especially in the scene where everyone's taking the drugs. Stan pulls the gun. Yeah. Zeke's like, hey, shut the fuck up. And then, like, when Stan turns, Zeke is really upset. Like, he's like, fuck. And he's, like, slamming things. like, slams his fist up against the wall and is just, like, pissed. Yeah. Like, it would make a lot more sense to me if the couples were Delilah and Stokely and Stan and Zeke. Like, that would... Because Zeke turning then, into I mean, a football sure. player doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what? No, I was like, what? Why? Uh, I think Casey presents also as asexual. Yeah. Which is, like, great. Fine. Like, I mean, it's partly because Casey... Elijah would... Poor Elijah would, you know? I mean, I just don't... I don't buy it. I guess that may be part of it. I'm not (laughs) buying it. Uh, And also, just to be clear, this movie does uh, romanticize 
sexual assault of children and sexual abuse of children because Miss Burke and Zeke are basically condoned as having like a consensual flirtation and relationship. But if you're in a position of power, even if the person is of legal age, it's an abusive situation. So I have nothing further to say on the matter. It's gross. That's all I have to say. Should we get into our nitty gritty disagreement? So in in my opinion, I read this movie as in support of American individualism and anti labor organizing, which Rebecca doesn't agree I with. Don't agree. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. I don't agree. But uh, so all of these people have individual identities, right? That are lauded as being like, really important, uh, and they are all isolated. Uh, and then the queen comes in with the – I don't. I mean, it's, like, definitely allegorical. Like, it's not literal. But I think that at this time, like, as you said, we're just post-war on drugs, uh, and this is, like, not long after the 1994 crime bill. So in my opinion, I think the tide of pop culture at this time is propping up American individualism and – anti-organizing so we see the sort of like echoes of that in this movie where yes like the teenagers do organize but I see like the demonization of organizing in this sort of like parasitic alien community where she does express like Mary Beth does express like the desire to create an egalitarian society like without frustration without poverty and anger and like uh violence but American capitalism is propped up as sort of the ideal because they resist this egalitarian model in favor of returning to this American exceptionalism and individualism where they have like this tight ownership over their identities. So I think, yes, they do like community build to defeat the organism, but their community building doesn't lead to like a strengthening of like their community it leads to like a strengthening of these individual identities so I think it's all meant to sort of like plant the seed that you should not organize and you should not like be in concert with other citizens but really you should be like watching out for your own identity and individualism under a violent capitalist system I mean so I know I mean I don't know anything like We'll preface this by saying that I know nothing, but like the invasion of the body snatchers is very set in like a Cold War era America, and so that's yeah. where like the aspects of I individualism seen that in years and years right. either. Me neither. Uh, we should do that, but uh, where individualism and suspicion really reign. But disregarding the ending, ending right where Casey stabs the queen in the face with the drugs that's where my my faculty ends but up until that point i think that the the alien form and the parasites are an allegory for fascism and for like an oligarchy because they are democracy or they are fascism and an individual entity masquerading as democracy and in and and community because they she controls everyone and they are not turned into themselves they're not turned into a community that's caring about everyone they're turned into someone whose only goal is to turn everyone into one thing to like 
wash everything out and make them one one identity with one purpose and one goal to take over, right? Imperialism and colonialism. But at the end, that's totally erased because etc. But, but okay, even disregarding even disregarding the ending, when they kill the queen and they've like formed this community, disregarding the ending, what are they returning to, right? They're still clinging to these like individualized identities that they've crafted under capitalism. They're still living in an impoverished school district without any recourse. But that's the movie like, goes out of its way to point out that the school doesn't have enough funding. That the school should have more funding for multiple activities and not just the activities that are making them money that like these interests should be explored and that the arts deserve just as much attention as football and that hyper masculinity and toxic male the patriarchy is bad like that's what it points out in the beginning and i've said this before but i also think the model of like individual identities and people from different like socioeconomic and racial backgrounds only coming to understand each other under extreme trauma is a model that we should break down on screen. And I also would just say like, yes, Robert Rodriguez makes a point of saying this is an impoverished, underserved community uh, and a school district without resources. But when they defeat the sort of like evil hive mind, they still return back to that capitalist reality. And the like queen and her hive who are painted as, in my opinion, a more like egalitarian style of living, despite the queen being the leader, they're still talking about like some of those buzzwords, right? Like removing pain, like equal share of labor. These things are still built into the fabric of the sort of like alien hive mind. And then they reject that and return to brutal capitalism at the end and an underserved district. So I think that we're meant to normalize that they have no resources because they don't come out of this like you know, ethical battle with any more resources. They come out still just as impoverished and alienated, right? But I think that if if I'm talking about it, like, without the worst part of the movie, that, like, maybe they did move forward with more understanding of each other and more understanding of their individual interests and that football isn't the only thing that's important. One would hope. And one would hope. But we don't know. Like, the only thing that we know is that they went back to, like, caring a lot about football and that, like, Zeke, for some reason, joined the football team. Even though he's shown shown no interest in it up until then and only wanted At least he's still smoking cigarettes. Still a bad boy. I just, yeah, it's upsetting to me. But I also think, like, it does out and out, like, point out. The patriarchy, even in like the the female characters, like we have a female principal who is who when she is accosted by the fo- male football coach, seems like it's not the first time that it's happened. Like it seems like yeah, something she's that like, she's had to deal with right, before. How do I get away? The female <laughs> exactly. nurse is being accosted by the male science teacher. She denies him outright. Like it's just it seems a lot like. But at the same, yeah. like, these are tropes that are from the invasion of the body snatchers from Robert Heinlein, where, like, they're lauding certain females for their prowess and their strength, but also designating them to stereotypes of, like, their hyper-femininity. Like, they're strong, but they're still hyper-feminine. I guess. And I think if you think of it in, like, the Heinlein, Heinlein timeline and Heinlein terms, it is, like, a different animal but i'm thinking about it as like a 90s specimen you know 
I I mean, like, the 90s were a time where we could have gone either way. Too bad we went to back to conservatism. Yeah. I am putting a poll on the Instagram right now to settle this. To settle whether or not. But, I mean, I would read it as, like, it's not communism. She's not a communist. She's turning everyone into her. It's not. They don't well, have. I'm not, I'm not arguing that she is a perfect. Like, she's de- demonstrative of a good system. I'm arguing that. That's that a capitalist movie, idea. It's a capitalist idea that demonizes organization and an egalitarian social structure as bad and props up capitalism as good. So they're not trying to create like a communist utopia. They're trying to say this is what happens when you organize and when (laughs) there is like an equal share of labor and resources, like you share a hive mind, you lose yourself within the system, right? This is how we prop up capitalism. I, but I think about it. I also argue that the kids form a community, even though they do have the, but they bring their own skills to it. Is that like their community, but they have their own skills. And that is like an interesting micro model of like mutual aid and community yeah. care but i don't know i th- i think it's a red herring that like pushes you away from the i like the ideas at large that you're seeing which is you should never organize you should never buy into a social structure that isn't capitalism but the way that the students and the faculty are taken over is through isolation and individualism they're only allowed to be taken over when they're alone and they're targeted, like, by this, like, sort of secretive children don't don't need to know this. They're not, you know, educated. They're not mature enough to understand what's going on. So, like, this is, like, we're going to keep things from them, which is a very capitalist idea. Is that, like, the people don't deserve all the information because we can't handle it. Okay. Okay. I'll, and I think it's I'll, pretty I'll anti-police. you in the middle. And pretty anti-authority. It's definitely anti-police. That's true. Like the authority, the faculty, the police don't do anything. They're the first to succumb. It's up to like the community that the children create for themselves to take down the authority of the queen. But that's my takeaway. That is your takeaway and you're uh, entitled no. to it. But I, I think you're too close. I think you're too close to this I, one lady. It means a lot to me. Uh, that's how I saw it. That's what my takeaway is. Do you want to talk about how racist Robert Heinlein is? Or Oh, shit. Yeah, he is really bad and, like, kind of into eugenics. Like, ew. He was, like, he has such, like, an interesting, complicated history. Like, he was really, quote, liberal when he was younger in the 30s. And then he became more and more conservative and then was backing Republican party members and uh, writing ads for them. And he also wrote... Um, oh, yeah, I remember hearing for that. For Barry Goldwater. Uh, and then he, like, a lot... He had protagonists of color, and then he... but he, And he also had black characters that were sympathetic and strong, but he used race in metaphors at times, and then just... You can't really, was like, straight that, up you racist know? in other... Like, he wrote, which I've never read, thank God, uh, the sixth column, which is about white people having to band together against a pan-Asian fascist state, which uses Yikes. many, many racial slurs. I'm reading, on a side note, uh, I'm reading Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong right now, uh, an Asian-American reckoning, and I am learning so much. Like, I feel like 
when we talk about anti-racism, we don't always include like AAPI communities because it feels like their proximity to whiteness doesn't necessitate like anti-racist support. And that's really fucking wrong, man. And I never really thought about it. I'll admit it. I mean, white supremacy and, and especially white American um, racial identities like put some minorities in a model minority and put other minorities um, as bad black and brown people are bad and Asian Americans yes. are doctors and they're good at math. Um, so like, it's hard, like as a, especially as a brown woman is like, when I see like, it's when I see pe- my people only represented as like drug dealers and gang members, like it really fucking pisses me off. And then like the, like seeing Asian representation as like being really smart and being really good at math that doesn't feel as damaging but it is just as damaging exactly yeah i also um feel like there's so little that i understand about um like anti-black asian racism and it's like really this book is like really unafraid to talk about these things in frank terms and it just gives you a more holistic picture about what your intersectionality should look like in 2021 and i'm very appreciative of it it's like on another note here's my poll can you see it it says settle this for us mom and dad are fighting (laughs) am i is the faculty uh you can be whatever you want we are we are both and neither uh, is the faculty anti-labor organizing or anti-capitalist? We're going to find out what the we'll people say. Out. And they're probably going to be like, you guys don't Shut need up. to put this much effort into this. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like the tenants of one of the tenants of white supremacy is turning minorities against each other, including like those in the working class and those of different races. And like there's a lot of anti like there's a lot of racist sentiments within minority groups against each other so that we don't band together and do better like there's a lot of especially in places where you see a lot of like overlap of racial identities and racial groups it's like black people don't like brown people brown people don't like asian people asian people don't like black people it's like a whole because that's how white supremacy works that's it's doing its job by turning us against each other and like the catalyst for the Rodney King riots becomes like an a Korean versus like black and African American kind of like gaslighting. Right. When really it's like years of ingrained white supremacy and like robbing communities of color of resources. It's fucked up, man. It's also like especially uh Latinx people and black people are in a lot of the same situations now and it's a lot of like black lives matter and then it's like well brown lives matter too and brown lives are being taken by the police which is absolutely true brown people are murdered by the police all the time just because they are dark-skinned just like black people but it's like we all have to fight for each other or we're only fighting for them if we're not fighting for each other we're on their side like it's not We can't do, we can't play this game of, like, your, the things that you have, that have conditioned you this way are worse than the things that have, you know, it's, it's horrible. It's, we need to be together at all times. I don't know. And it's, yeah, like, when I see an 18-year-old shot at his job by the police and nobody's talking about it, yeah, it fucking pisses me off, but I can't be like, brown lives matter. Like, that's not, that's not fair. It's not the same. So... The bottom line is be intersectional or get the fuck out. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. 
But. Uh, so Caesar is the only person that has seen our poll, and unfortunately, he didn't vote. Um, he's playing video games so right now. <laughs> you could encourage him to place a vote. Uh, so next week we are gonna have to do some heavy lifting because we're talking about black exploitation, vampire flick, ganja, and Hess. We thought it was high time we do something a little more intersectional and with a little more representation. But with that comes the possibility that we're gonna majorly fuck up and be I'm offensive. I'm gonna fuck up everything. I uh I don't know. I we're unqualified. But we're gonna try. I'm gonna read a lot of articles. Yeah, I think that it's gonna be okay. Uh probably not, but we're gonna try. But if you guys I was gonna say what was your favorite outfit from this movie, you gotta tell me. Mine was. My favorite outfit from this movie is probably Piper Laurie in her, like, flowy black shirt and <laughs> With silk, the scarf. silk scarf. I really like Delilah's, like, incognito look where she's wearing, like, a blue <laughs> I know. spaghetti strap butterfly shirt. She's like, I have a ponytail in and glasses on, so no one will know I who my I am. Glasses on. Um, you haven't been without your ponytail or contact since what? birth that's my favorite Uh, (laughs) do you want to leave us with any favorite lines yeah let's see i've got a lot of them um i think stokely saying um calling delilah a gutter slut is pretty great i also (laughs) such a good insult but it's really mean Fuck you, gutter slut. So good. Um, Mary Beth saying, I really love what, what you've done with your nose ring. It really brings out the color in your eyes is really good. Um, when Stan and Stokely run into each other and he tells her if she didn't paint her eyes shut, then she could see him. Also oh good. Um, Zeke saying that he's only playing his part in the deconstruction of America by selling drugs also good you know what zeke is low-key a leftist like sleeper oh yeah bad boy. for sure the tweaking line I is love great him. um when stokely's like i'm not putting that hack truck up my nose it's so 80s Zeke's like aliens are taking over the world so just <laughs> shut the fuck up and take it that's also good it is pretty 80s isn't it yeah uh i just yeah it's like a really good dialogue written by kevin williamson uh, who also did Scream, which is another favorite of Has mine. he done anything else you have on... Um, I know what you did last summer. DVD? <laughs> I did, yeah, we already did that one, so... Cha. Cha. Well, we'll see you next time for Ganja and Hess. In the meantime, we'll be on Instagram, sort of. Uh, we're not good at it, as you know. I've been trying. Okay. <laughs> You're doing a good job. People love your posts. You're like an Insta queen. Oh, did I tell you that in one of Robert Highland's books, um, one of the female characters says nine times out of ten, um, if a woman's raped, it's partly her fault. Well, I think that's as good a place as any that's to leave we'll be it. In. That's uh, that's pretty unfortunate. But if you want to find us, we're at spooky succubus underscore cast on Instagram. If you would like to leave a review, that would be really nice. I'll Please. give you five dollars. Uh, <laughs> hit me with your Venmo handle. I'll pay. Pay for play. Pay to play. Pay to P to P. P to P. 
Um, and if you want to find stuff on Patreon, we're kind of dropping the ball there too, but we're working on it. And this month we're doing Urban Legend for our bonus episode. Oh my God, Rebecca's back at it with her 64 ounce jug of water, which looks like it's going to break her neck. It might. If I turned all the way back and I didn't just lift it up. It's so big. (laughs) (laughs) All right, party people. We love you. We'll see you next week. Wait, we didn't fuck anything. Oh, shit. I forgot. You're ready to go. You're ready to leave I got the mushy brain. Okay, so fuck not unionizing. If you work at a place, start talking to your coworkers. Fucking start a union. Unionize. Unless you're the police. In which case, I don't know, jump off a cliff or something. Yeah, maybe just like... Quit. Consider where your life went wrong. Imagine if there was a cop listening to this. That would be absolutely wild. If you're a cop, are you in the FBI? Are you investigating me? Because I've said I would decapitate Mitch McConnell with no hesitation. Because I've definitely said that I mean, a lot. I think any right in the head human would. Like, he doesn't need to be alive anymore. Oh, fuck Israel and their settler colonialist politics and genocide and ethnic cleansing of... Um, Indigenous Palestinians, so definitely fuck that. Uh, fuck white supremacy. Fuck homophobia. Fuck heteronormative romantic ideals. Um, also, like, so in Robert Rodriguez's, like, most famous trilogy, the Once Upon a Mexico trilogy, uh, Antonio Banderas stars as a Mexican man, and he is Spanish, and that's not the same thing, so... That's Great. colonization. That's colonization. Peeps. Yeah, he is yeah. not a brown man. He is white from Spain. So great. That's he is great. a colonizer. Just as you speak someone who colonized. Yes. God, it pisses me off. You guys, that's nasty. Also, I think you guys might not be a gender neutral term, and you I might need to stop fuckers, using it. Fuckers, come on. You people. <laughs> All right, you people. Fuck each other in a nice in way. In a nice way. Okay. We love y'all. <laughs>